another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin, and we've made it to Combine Week, baby. I'm so excited. The guys are arriving in Indianapolis, uh, but the biggest stories are who is, well, they're arriving in Indianapolis, but they won't be testing. We've got a few of the big names, you know, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors. The guys that are at the top of our draft boards that we've been talking about are unfortunately not going to be participating in the drills. They'll still be doing the interview processes and all that. But um, is there anybody else that I'm forgetting? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, we got some breaking news today uh, as we were thinking about the episode which we will get into in a second but I think you know I it's not necessarily surprising that Marvin specifically was not gonna do it because I feel like that's the sort of scenario in which like yeah this is just <laughs> I'm this good like everybody knows how good I am I have nothing to prove and then neighbor Malik neighbors very shortly followed up and was like, I'm, I'm also doing that too. So I think that says more about how they are being fed information as, as you know, where they're going to go on draft night and kind of what we've been expecting all along that it's going to be very high, very quickly on in the first round. They don't feel the need to put the numbers up in Indianapolis. Neighbors is going to test at his pro day. Yep. Marvin, I believe, is not doing anything. Well, like, there'll be fake numbers anyway. Yeah, you're running downhill <laughs> yeah. with the wind at your back at your pro day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's combine week, baby. I mean, we got uh, the, the lot of buzz. I this whole day has basically just been like draft content swarming me from all angles, <laughs> and that's how you know like you're in it deep. Like I got you got the Caleb news and the Marvin news in the morning. And then people are coming out with articles about the combine. And then we got some, you know, new big boards. DJ dropped a new top 50. I believe today there is just so much happening right now in the world of the NFL draft. It's, it's an amazing moment in time where the combine comes up and it's like, Jesus, man, we're, we're getting really, really close now. And, uh, I'm, I'm freaking pumped, man. I'm going to be in Indianapolis in like four days. So hell yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. The boots on the ground. I unfortunately am not gonna be able to make it, but I'm excited to see anything that I can get from you while you're yeah. in. I'll live vicariously through you while, <laughs> yeah. while you're in Indianapolis. Just, just have a constant live stream of my, with my <laughs> yeah, phone. Wear like, like a GoPro so I yeah. can just yeah. tune in. So I am extremely excited for that. And a big reason is because this class, I think through this entire cycle, we've kind of understood how talented it is. And I feel like more and more names have been kind of added into this group, specifically the dynasty rookie group with how deep wide receiver is, how, how talented it is at the top end and on all the way through. And so that makes for a very interesting combine experience because players, when, I mean, you have a lot of names here and th these moments in time are where, you know, you can kind of stand out from the pack. I mean, we got a ton of wide receivers here. What are you going to do? 
you know, when it comes to Indianapolis, what are you going to, who's going to put up the numbers that's going to light up the timelines, get people talking. We're coming out of the senior bowl where we just saw a group of players kind of get a little buzz coming out of that. Now is another opportunity for these guys to show what they have and to differentiate themselves from their peers. And we are going to do this exactly how we did it last year, baby. We're going to talk about combine winners projecting players at each position that we expect to have the best results at the combine. And we'll talk through kind of why and and how we got to those players. And then also players that we are most interested to see how they perform in Indianapolis. These could be players that are coming in with question marks that we need to see, you know, is he as fast as I think he is, or maybe, you know, is he going to hit agility drill thresholds, things like that. So uh, we're going to get into all of that. And we're going to be talking about a lot of players today. Yeah. We're going to be diving through all these guys. And my question to you, Austin is how much does the combine matter when it comes to your actual analysis of these players? Because it's a long process to get here, a lot of tape watching. And then it seems like once you get to the combine, people like, oh, well, he had a 6.5 RAS. <laughs> so he's off my board now, even though he was my like wide receiver three. And now, you know, oh, 40 was a, a four five six instead of a four four six, so we're out. Uh, how much does this like end up mattering? I know it matters. I know their athleticism, size, all that matters. But how much of it do you personally put into your process? Yeah, it's it's something that we talk about here a lot uh, with the draft cycle and what does that mean and what do each of these stops really mean. It, it, to me, the combine is just one point in time. It's not erasing film. Like a film grade is still like 80 to maybe 90% of an eval on a player. And that other 10% is going to come now. Like we, we've already got one stop down senior bowl. Did you stand out among some of the best players, you know, at your position groups or against the best, you know, defenders in this class? How did those matchups look? Okay, we have that, you know, those data points. Now we come into Indianapolis, and now we're going to find out, you know, does the athleticism that we see on tape with some of these players translate in this environment? And if it doesn't, why? You know, like, is it... Is that something that, oh, maybe, uh, you, you know, that's something that we have to consider in the eval, or is it something like, you know, you hear this a lot, play speed versus track speed. It's diff- it's It can be different. So it's not the be-all, end-all by any stretch. We saw this last year with players like Jordan Addison, one of the top wide receivers in the class, not really testing, uh, you know, up to where we expected him to. And did that really affect him? Uh, when it came to the draft and then eventually his rookie season, not really. So take it with a grain of salt. It's not the end of the world if these guys underperform a little bit, but we just have to understand why the results look the way that they do. And then we're not going to do quarterbacks here because there's going to be a lot of quarterback coverage. The top guys are opted out for the most part. Um, Anybody that you're interested out of the quarterback invites that I think 
the only one that I I think will have good numbers is Joe Milton. And I think there's going to be a discourse that's going to start with Joe Milton. Like, oh, super athletic. You know, he's going to wow in, like, the throwing drills against air. And then he's going to throw, like, a 70-yard pass uh, on the, like, one where it's just, like, pure arm strength. And then people are going to be like, why not Joe Milton? I think that's going to be one thing that's going to come out of the combine. Is there any quarterback interest to you? Yeah, I mean, I think players like Joe Milton have an opportunity to kind of show up and and put up some numbers. I think with quarterbacks, it's it, it it comes down to the passing drills. You know, like I don't, you know, I'm not really concerned with the testing numbers in most cases. It's it's how are they looking throwing the ball and it's a very sterile environment. So, it should look very good. Like we saw what Stroud did last year. CJ Stroud had an excellent showing in the throwing drills. And that's, it's not like, oh shit, Stroud can play. It's like, okay, <laughs> Stroud looks this clean in this environment. And that's, that's a checkbox. Like, yep, he's, he's doing what he needs to do here. And I think the player for me coming into this week that I'm most interested to see is Michael Penix. Because I feel like Michael Penix has started to get almost like unfairly thrown to the side in this class. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about narratives as we get through this discussion today. But I think one of the narratives that I keep seeing is this idea that Penix is just like an afterthought quarterback all of a sudden. I mean, we're not that far removed from the college football playoff where (laughs) folks were like, yeah, before kind of the national the championship where they're like, is he a top 10 pick? Right. I mean, he, the game against Texas when it was like, okay, this is the guy. And, you know, it the pendulum swung a little bit too far one direction, and then it swung way too far the other direction. And I think Penix is a player that I still think has, you know, one of the best arms in this class. I mean, he he is getting lumped in with some names. I mean, I saw somebody this week, a credible name, lump Penix in with a guy like Spencer Rattler as like a tier four <laughs> quarterback in this class. That that was the line was like tier four is like Penix and Rattler. And, you know, I, I don't know how we got to this point because the tape, I mean, when we talked about quarterbacks, we were both pretty clear, like the tape for the last two years has looked excellent. This, the player has his limitations and the medicals are going to be a huge part of this uh, for him and, and for teams evaluating him to understand his, you know, how comfortable they can feel with him moving forward. But in terms of his arm and, you know, what he showed us, especially this year, I just really think he's getting left behind and, and this could be a big moment for him to kind of resurface on, on people's radars. And then another person I want to talk about was, uh, McCarthy, because I think that there's been a contingent of people pushing the, and this is like trusted real draft people that are like JJ McCarthy, top half of the first round, top 10 pick that he is in that range. And there's an element of athleticism that I think, and like size that JJ McCarthy kind of could use a little help from the combine not that he needs it because i think the teams that like jj mccarthy are going to like him regardless but 
I think that if, you know, he measures well and he tests well, it's only going to help that train run a little smoother. Yeah, I want to be pretty clear because we haven't, you know, a lot of time goes by from when we did our, like, rankings 2.0 until now. Like, even though it's only a couple months, like, there's tape that's being watched. There's more things that are happening where, like, opinions are changing on players. My opinion on McCarthy is pretty much the same as it was when we talked about quarterbacks, but which is I also which is that he's good. Okay. Which is that he's good. He's not great. He's not a first round quarterback. But like I also feel like there is this polarization with quarterbacks where it's like if you're not that slam dunk top half of round 1 player, then like we can't talk about you just as like a good player (laughs) it's either like you're not going to make it or you're going to be a top 15 pick and you're going to be one of the best quarterbacks from this class I think McCarthy is is a perfect example of a player that falls right in the middle of that and I think this hype of him you know and the hype is it's it's out of control in some cases out of control like I mean you have people planting seeds like he might be the second quarterback drafted and it's like I don't believe any of that is true, but I still believe that this player can be good. It, it requires time. He he can't start next year, in my opinion, but a, a, a time like this, an environment like this at the Combine, I think the interviews are something that gets talked about a lot. It's like the big cliche, right? Interviews and medicals, way more important than the, yeah. than the testing portion. And I think for McCarthy, it, you know, a lot of that comes down to is he interviewing well? Are our team's going to like him? Is somebody going to feel confident taking him in that 10 to 15 range? Like he's being talked about in a lot of cases. So I think he has an opportunity to make himself some money this week, even if it's not in what he's doing on the field. But I, I do feel the need to say, like, I don't dislike J.J. McCarthy as a prospect. I don't agree with how he's being talked about, but I still like his tools. I like what he can be, and I think this is a, a, a player that can develop into a starting NFL quarterback. Yeah, I I see him a lot like Brock Purdy. Like they, I feel like they have a similar skill set. And Brock Purdy was like – statistically the best quarterback in football last year. So this isn't like a knock on McCarthy, but I think a lot of people can agree with me saying like Purdy needs a lot of help to be who he is and he has a great coaching staff and like he's been able to develop and like that kind of, in a, in a advantageous scenario. And I think McCarthy would need that kind of thing. And like, he can't go save a dumpster fire team like, I just don't see that as a possibility. So I feel similarly about McCarthy. I'd like to see if he tests well athletically, like a lot of the Michigan people are coming out and being like, yeah, McCarthy is this good. And like, you guys are missing something and he's super athletic and he can make all the throws. And it's like, all right, uh, let's see. I, I want to see like real testing numbers on the screen. Cause like you see little flashes of it in the tape, but it's just there's not a ton of it because he didn't do a ton of throwing, which is fine also. Right. Like, I see that as a knock. Like, yeah, McCarthy, you didn't throw a lot. And it's like, okay, who cares? They were winning, and he didn't play in fourth quarters. They're blowing the doors off people. But yeah, he, he's somebody that I'm interested in, in 
seeing the results for. It's, I mean, the, I, I do feel like he's athletic. I mean, we talked about a strength of his, and now this is just becoming the J.J. McCarthy pod. But, yeah. the you know, his ability to throw on the run, to improvise, I mean, those were strengths that we talked about on quarterback rankings 2.0 of his. And it's just, it's a, it's a the fact that this is an extremely young player that doesn't have a lot of reps, that's kind of small. I mean, he's tall, but he's very lean. Yeah. So he, there is physical development as much as like quarterbacking development that needs to happen for him to step in. And so, yeah, to your point, I mean, like a team like Minnesota, Denver, like these teams, like he can't walk in and start week one. There has to be a plan in place to develop him over time, in, in my opinion, for him to really succeed. I agree. But all right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. We're going to start with running backs and we're going to start with the player that we ex- or the players that we expect to win this weekend. And I finally won a coin toss here. Proud of you. And I <laughs> I it, it took me months to do to get to this point, but I was pretty happy about this one because in my opinion there is one clear running back winner in this class. And it's Jalen Wright. And so here's where we get to talk about players that we haven't really gotten to talk about much yet. Because Jalen Wright did not show up in our running back rankings a few months ago when we did that. It's a player that I watched before the Senior Bowl because he was supposed to be at the event. Pulled out at the last second. Didn't show up there. So this is our chance to see him now. And since all of this has been happening, man, the Jalen Wright train has exploded. I mean, I, I called him, I tweeted that he was under the radar like a week ago. And I feel like ever since I said that, my whole timeline is just people talking about Jalen Wright. So That's, that's the algorithm. It, Ma- apparently. Musk is sending you uh, Jalen Wright tweets now. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't really know what happened there, but everybody got on this. Now, why is this happening? Because of what he's going to do this week. And that is basically dominate all portions of the workouts. And in a class in which it's kind of hard to find players that you can say that about. Like, it's kind of hard to find running backs that you're like, man, I think they're really going to light up. They're going to run a fast 40. We're going to get big jumps, all of that. I don't feel like there's many of those this year. And Jalen Wright is one of them. And the shocking part is, is that he's also one of the bigger backs in this group, uh, listed 5'11", 210. And he is projected to run in the four threes in the 40. So, and that shows up on tape. I mean, it is like I have my concerns with with Jalen Wright, and I do think this like hype train of him being like all of a sudden he's running back two in the class, according to some people. Like I think that's a little bit much because there are like concerns with his game, but the one area that you don't really have to think about is his speed because there are so many runs this year where he just pulls away from guys. And it's like 40 yards down the field. Very first play of the game, Tennessee against Georgia. 
Very first offensive play Tennessee ran. Jalen Wright to the house, pulling away from Georgia defenders 40 yards down the field. I mean, the safety is like right on his heels, and then suddenly he's he's not. He's got 10 yards on him. So he's got acceleration. He's got speed. It's all expected to show up this week. And that's why I think this is a huge opportunity for Jalen Wright because, like I said, in an environment in which not a lot of running backs are going to post these ridiculous numbers, I think he's going to have maybe the best week all around from any position group in terms of solidifying himself as a notch above the players uh, that he's competing against in this class. So we'll find out what that does for his stock. Jalen Wright had three, four carries of 42-plus yards this season. That is real speed. Uh, He was also my winner, my MVP. I don't know if I'm allowed to just also take him. No, No. that's cheating. (laughs) I don't want to talk about any of these other guys. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess I'll move on to. Uh, I'll talk a little bit, a bit about Jalen Wright first. Yeah, have you of, have you watched? Like, have you have you done a film dive yeah, on Jalen? Yeah, I after you tweeted that actually, maybe you're the reason it all started. I, yeah, it's no coincidence, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, right. I liked a lot because I didn't watch a ton of him in season, um, but he can go like nobody's business and he gets skinny which is nice and then once he like kind of pops out he just like can hit it and he flies uh he, he makes people miss in the open field i i don't love he's not like a very loose runner nope and that's my biggest thing where it's like i'd like you to be a little like shiftier in the open field because he yep. was one-on-one with a safety the safety was kind of running taking the angle he was like five yards in front of him it's like just cut back and you like beat him easy and he got tackled by him and i'm like okay (laughs) like this is i this is a little bit of a red flag and you see that a few times where he's not being super shifty in the open field and if you're gonna have this kind of speed it'd be real nice if you could like make that safety miss because then you're looking at a instead of only only four 40 plus yard gains you he he had chances at like three more at least so uh i really i i think he's definitely gonna win this this combine when it comes to running backs i think he's gonna open some eyes and maybe run up the draft board a little bit um but for my player i'm gonna go with bucky irving now, Bucky Irving is a different player than Jalen Wright. He's smaller. He's 5'10", 195. I'm not sure he's 195. He looks smaller than that. But this is when we'll find out. Um, so, Bucky Irving is also just very fast. He's very small. He's from Oregon. Like, it just feels like he has this kind of tracky speed i don't know if there's a track background i I didn't do my research here so if he's not i apologize but he feels like he's got a little bit of that like get up and go 
He's good out of the pass game, out of the screen game. He can stop, like, catch the ball, turn, get up to full speed, gets in and out of his breaks, and goes, like, I don't know. I think Bucky Irving, he's got that light frame also, so he'll have a little better numbers than the bigger guys. That's why, you know, the speed score exists. But when you're looking at raw combine numbers, you're going to see some pretty good ones out of Bucky Irving. Yeah, I this is a name that I'm really interested to see how he does this week. And I do think that he can be one of the best testers in this group. I think, like you said, the the weight, the size numbers are almost like more valuable to me than like his testing numbers because I just want to know once and for all, like what is the size here? Because I mean, he's he looks small, but I feel he runs with legitimate power and I wonder if it's just a like his frame just hides that weight a little bit more than like some other players where you have a little bit of a more compact player here if he's coming in at 195 though like like I don't need him at 200 I don't even you know if he, if he's anywhere around 190 we we just talked about this last week with a player like Devon A. Chan obviously you know Bucky Irving not expecting him to run low four twos in terms of a 40 but I think a player that has a lot of ability as a running back as a you know I kind of came into the year man I like this player but kind of a scat back pass catching back I think he's more of a complete runner than I gave him credit for coming into the year and I think he can put up some big numbers this week that can kind of solidify him in that next tier I think that second running back tier this year is pretty wide, actually. And I think Bucky Irving is kind of right on the edge of that for me. He could lock that in with a with a really good week uh, in Indianapolis. Yep, I, I totally agree. And he, I mean, talked about Jalen Wright having four 40-plus yard touchdowns. Uh, Bucky Irving had three this year. He didn't have the... The big, big ones like Jalen Wright had. Jalen Wright has an 82-yarder and a 75-yarder. Bucky didn't quite get there, but uh, pretty, pretty nice season and a lot of a lot of speed to burn here. All right, running backs that we're most interested to see. Now this could be a long list, and I'm gonna start with a player that I like a lot. He was my RB three when we talked about it and he still is my RB three. Actually, I think probably RB four because Travion Henderson was still in this class, but regardless, it's Audric Estime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Audric Estime is a player that I feel like kind of maybe getting slept on a little bit right now. I don't hear this name a lot when I hear people talking about the top backs in this class. And I really think that he could change that in a big way this week. I think his testing numbers at his size could be like shocking, kind of shocking. Yeah. Like I, I would hesitate to like project him as a combine winner, but honestly, I think at the end of things, he could end up as that player. Like this is a big bodied running back that has legitimate speed and legitimate change of direction. Like so many times on Estime's film, you just watch a player that you 
you see him using his power game, and that's what you expect him to be. You you see his build, you see how he how he moves, and you just expect him to be this kind of lumbering, you know, put the shoulder down and, and go into guys, and he can do that. But honestly, more often it's it's him making a quick cut and then just burning people, or even going to like a hurdle and then landing on his feet and just accelerating. I mean, this is another player that had a lot of those long breakaway runs this year for Notre Dame and not in, you know, not a body type like a guy like Bucky Irving. You know, this is 225 pounds of running back moving at a very high speed. So I am very interested to see how his week goes, what that RAS number looks at the end of things, because I think it could be really green. And I think this could be a moment where people start talking about Estime again as one of the top backs. Yeah, Estime was on my list of guys that I'm very interested in. And another thing about Estime that's like, he's only 20. Yeah. And uh, he'll turn 21 <laughs> in September. Like, this is a young back. He's light on his feet. He has power. He has speed. He's a, the RB1 in a lot of people's conversations. Uh, but if you, I feel like the people that like him love him, and yeah. the people that don't like him probably haven't watched enough of him. And I feel like he's a player that if you have faith in him, like you're going to basically put him at the top of the class because like what you're saying, and that's kind of the battle. Cause when we talked about him, it was like the initial foot speed is a little slow. Like that jumps out. But once he starts moving those, those next, you know, few steps, he, he really can turn it on. So how much does that affect him? How much of that is a, you know, a vision thing? Is he waiting for plays to materialize? Is it, you know, an athleticism thing. And that's something that we'll get to answer this week a little bit, a little bit more. So very excited to watch Estime. Who is the running back that you are most interested to watch? Okay. So this is a running back that I don't know. I I need more information on him. And that's, okay. that's why I'm putting him here. And it's Will Shipley. Ooh. Okay. So Will Shipley, I think, I hate to be this guy, but I think the only reason I don't like him is because he's white. (laughs) I'll put it out there. I'm okay with it. It's just don't see it very often. He has a weird play style. He has a weird body type. He has like a long upper body. I don't know. But if he tests well, like this running back class is here to like move around it's very fluid and Shipley like had a really good season in 2022 had a not so good season last year and there's talent here there's some good tape here and I don't know what to do with Will Shipley and I don't know why there's like a roadblock because I feel like there's some things that I like with Shipley and if he's testing well, it's like I'll have no reason to dislike him. So, I don't know. T- t- tell me what you think about Shipley. 
Yeah, I'm, Shipley's tape was very roller coaster for me. Like he's got some really good highs and he's got some really low lows. And so for me, I right now have him kind of positioned on top of my third tier of running backs. I mentioned there's kind of this big tier two. And then I have players like Marshawn Lloyd and Will Shipley kind of following that up. So Shipley right now is my RB9. I expect him to test really well. I think he is very athletic. And I think this year, like, it just wasn't the same Clemson team. And I wonder how much of that affected his 2023 film. Because I thought his 2022 film was better. And so how much of that is is the player and how much of that is the situation? Hold on. Kurt Benkert says you only watch the most recent year's film. (laughs) And the highlights only, by the way. Uh, by the way, did we see what Kurt Bankert said about Drake May today? Yes. I just, I, I, I love Mason Kurt, Rudolph, but, but less accurate and more yeah. athletic. Um, I think he said less athletic. I, I'll, I'll check while cause it, I, it was like really bad. And I was, you know, I love you, Kurt, but I, that one's going in the bookmarks because we can't let you forget about this take. You know, I'm not saying Drake May is like bust proof next greatest. Like I like Drake May a lot. Drake May has parts of his game that need to be cleaned up. He's a very young quarterback. The Mason Rudolph stuff, man. He's Jesus. a more athletic Mason Rudolph with okay. less arm talent. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. And a lot of. less yeah. accuracy. He has a lot of backyard football on his game, but doesn't have the athletic upside I think it requires to live in that world as often as he does. It's take season, man. It's take season. They're flying. They are flying right now. He's got the... He's got the blue check. It means he gets paid for engagements, so you can't really trust... Never mind. Anyway. (laughs) Will Shipley. Shipley. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... So yes, I do. I like Shipley. I don't love Shipley. I think this could be a good time for him to put those athleticism numbers on the screen, let everybody know, because there's another bigger, bigger player has pass catching in his background at Clemson. There's upside here. I just didn't love the film this year. So yeah, I I feel you. I don't know. I, I hope it's not just because he's white. I it might be. It would make me feel bad. <laughs> uh, Chris McCaffrey, I like that guy. What do you think of Cooper DeGene? Uh, well, <laughs> maybe a safety. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the position group of the draft. Everybody knows this by now. When I say takes are flying, in a lot of cases, it's just folks saying, I love this receiver. I love this receiver. And there's like 25 of those that everybody loves. And honestly, they're probably all really good because this class is insane. Um, You have the honors of starting us off with your winner at this incredible wide receiver group at the combine. So who is that? Yeah. Unfortunately, I lost the coin toss and have to talk about receivers. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, I'm pushing my Keon Coleman agenda further Mm. uh coleman is a freak athlete so this is his time to shine because he's might not be the most polished receiver i i think that he has a a lot more um 
you know, a lot more polished than people are putting out there. I think, like you said, take season is out here. One of these wide receivers is going to have to be bad. Keon Coleman seems like the redheaded stepchild. Like people are like, yeah, Coleman can't separate whatever he had, you know, seven, 650 yards this year. Yuck. But if there's a time for him to show off what he's got, it's going to be 40 broad jump vertical. I mean, those are going to be the Keon Coleman drills. So obviously multi-sport athlete. He came into Michigan state playing basketball. He's shown that. I mean, if you watch the tape, you watch the highlights, whatever you want to watch, you can see like this kid can get up in the air. He's explosive and he can run. So, I think he's going to – I mean, the RAS score on Keon Coleman is going to be really good. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch Coleman. I actually have him as my most interested in, that, that he was going to be my pick there, because I do feel like there is an element of mystery with some of his numbers. I think we know that he's an ultra-athlete, dual sport, you know, that is not a question. In fact, there is a lot of athleting on his film. And that's one of the things is like, can we add some polish to the routes? Can we do, but I I, I wonder like the agility stuff, like, is he going to run? Like, is he going to look good? Or are we going to have a, you know, a DK Metcalf situation on our hands where we have to kind of parse through these, these numbers that are very bad, but very good in other cases like DK comes in running a four three but you know doesn't do the agility stuff well and then everyone's like what does this mean I wonder if Coleman is a player that could that could have a similar uh combine experience but that being said the jumps are going to be insane like the jumps are going to be crazy with Coleman and the 40 I mean I don't think he's a player that like his long speed his track speed really shows up on film but i wonder if he's going to put up a better 40 time than i think he is going to just with how athletic he is in this more you know sterile environment i wonder what it looks like so i think regardless he's going to be a combine winner because he is the embodiment of an ultra athlete it's just what areas are we gonna you know is he gonna excel and will he excel in all of them that's what i'm wondering uh, he ran track in high school, according oh. to my brief research that I just did right now, in Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, so maybe he'll have a little bit of former training there uh, for the for the get off because that's the most important part of the forty. Yeah, is the start because you, yep. you you fumble the start or you you're not perfectly training the start, you're gonna add like, and we're talking hundredths of a second here. That this is the. The thing that gets me about the 40-yard dash, I'm going to go off on another rant, is we're talking about, like, if a guy runs a 4-3-9, it's like, oh, my God. But he runs, like, a 4-4-7. It's like, ah, it's almost a 4-5. But, <laughs> like, we're talking about, like, eight hundredths of a second. So that's my i'll just i'll keep it there we don't have to go on some well, what's, long thing what's your take on the whole gps thing because that's a big talking I, point now i like the gps speed i mean when we're but like if a guy never gets up to like full speed in a game which coleman does because he's returning kicks and stuff like that 
Um, but like, then you're talking about, oh, this guy can run 22.07 miles per hour. It's like, awesome. How often are you going to be at your top speed? And right. same thing, how often are you going to be running 40 yards out of a track stance in your underwear? Like, never. So right. you, you can trust the GPS a little better. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all valuable stuff like the gps you get a little glimpse into play speed like on the field stuff and then the argument for the 40 is like everybody's doing it it's like a controlled variable right. like we get to just see so i'll leave that ph- I think philosophical the, i think the 40 is more about a player's preparation i think it says more about like how much are you willing to do to have a good 40 time yeah because it's all about training in a different way than you would for football. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a, my piece. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I'm not going to pick Odunze as my winner. I could, but I'm not going to. I do want to just shout him out, though, because track background, Odunze's got it. And, by the way, he can separate. <laughs> I saw that today, too. But that I'll save that rant for a different occasion. What I'm going to talk about now is my combine winner, which there's two names that I really want to go with here, but I feel like I have to go with Xavier Worthy because the speed is just his number one asset. And people love Xavier worthy. Like this is one of those names that is kind of consistently in that top five wide receivers for a lot of like dynasty folks. Like I see a lot of people on the for you page, like these tweets come up and it's like, worthy is my number four receiver. And that's cool. Like if you value this skill set, like that's cool because he is definitely like, in my, I would be shocked if he wasn't the fastest receiver in the class. Like Same. there, maybe there's like a, a day three guy that I'm sleeping on, but Worthy's speed is just so rare, and it's what makes him an alluring NFL draft pick. I have questions about his fantasy role and his ceiling. I mean, the comp, I I kind of soft comped him to Hollywood Brown at one point. I think I'm gonna lock that in. I kind of like that a little bit. And we've seen what Hollywood, kind of the trajectory of his career. And it's it's up and down. You don't really know how to value him. I could see Worthy having a similar arc in Dynasty, but I think he helps an NFL team. And I think it's because he's potentially going to run in the four twos. And if he runs in the four twos, the timeline's going to explode. We're going to have all that, all that fun stuff. And then suddenly worthy will be on this like you know is he a late first rounder again path so um i think we come out of out of the combine with with a lot of worthy buzz he's worthy of it (laughs) all right Uh, all right all right right. that was not good um so xavier worthy is getting some of that you know february hype because he's got the he's the like the breakout, the young breakout, because he had a great freshman year. I think he had the best freshman year out of any of these wide receivers. He 981 yards, 12 touchdowns, had a little bit of regression in 2022, and then jumped back up to to th- over a thousand yards in 2023. So there's definitely some something with Xavier Worthy. Like 
he's fast, man. And that's why he's he was my second option for MVP of wide receivers at the combine because he's going to go. And like you said, if he's in the four twos, which is possible, it's going to be sick because, like, he's that fast and he's light. And that that's another thing. It's like if he weighs in at 172, like he's listed at right now, that's really light. But that's the type of player, long leg, six one, that can run low, low, low forties. So he's definitely going to be a winner in this. And if he's like, you know, Dre Archer got drafted just because he could run fast. Like Xavier Worthy's actually a good wide receiver. And then if he runs that fast of a forty, like not Dre Archer fast, but he runs like four twos forty, there is going to be talk like that. Like you're saying. All right, the interested in list, I feel like, is you like could be 20 like, players yeah, in. You yeah. could pick like any of these guys. Yeah. So who is the guy that most interests you? Uh, I'm going Xavier Leggett. Ooh. I mean, big and fast. That, yep. that, that's why. it's. Uh, I'm interested to see if he is going to test well across the board. Or like we were talking about, like you mentioned with Keon Coleman, it's like, is he just going to be a straight line guy? And that's about it. So that's most of what I'm interested in with Leggett because, man, once he's going, he can get up. And that's like the MPHs. He's probably getting up in those 22s, high 22s. It's like he's outrunning everybody on the field and that's where that 40 yard dash time is going to come in and he's very athletic you can see him get up in the air so i'd imagine that he'll have a good vert good good broad but you know the the agility stuff we'll see and that that's where like you got to have the full ras profile in order to have that green number up at the top. And that's what the people care about at the end. So I, I'm confident he'll he'll run a good 40 and he'll have good jumps, but I'm interested to see with the agility stuff. Yeah, and another thing with, with Leggett is this is a player that I feel like lost a little bit of momentum coming out of the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Like he, he was one of the guys that kind of fell a little bit in the eyes of some. And it's it's as opposed to other years, I feel like that is more real this year because of how many guys are in this class where like these small nuances in the process can actually like move guys around the board. And I feel like Leggett not standing out as much in mobile is something that people took seriously. And so here's an opportunity for this ultra athletic and big receiver to kind of capture a little bit of the attention again and get some eyes on him and say, okay, this is why we liked Leggett so much because we knew that he was this level of an athlete. So um, just to, 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 for clarity's sake, I currently have Leggett as wide receiver 14, which, which is like, I, I get it. I, I'm saying it because last last week when we talked about Puka, it was like he was my wide receiver 19. And I'm like, my wide receiver 14 is Xavier Leggett, and that's a day two player for me. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, well, you look so, at Daniel Jeremiah's like top 50. How many receivers were on that? It was an absurd amount. I think it was 12. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's where we're that's at right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. 
the wide receiver that I am most interested in, which one do I want to go with? Uh, I'm going to go with one of my guys. I'm going to go with Malik Washington. I freaking love Malik Washington. And in a class like this, where it's just loaded and so many guys and we're talking about 12 players in the top 50 players like Malik Washington end up just being completely buried because we have so many guys to talk about. And I want to find out if we can get some momentum for Washington. I want to find out how he tests. First of all, like what does it look like? Because I mean, the tape is the tape's good. I, I like I like him a lot. I like we talked about him quite a bit through the year. He had a phenomenal season for Virginia. Watching the tape, I mean, looks kind of like what I expected. Has a really, really good showing at the Shrine Bowl. Like looks like he is playing at a different level, which is what you want to see from the Shrine Bowl. Like with these guys where it's like this is like a step down from the senior bowl and you need to really show up in a big way. And, and from all accounts, it seems like he did. So let's get some good testing numbers on there. Let's keep this momentum going. And, you know, Washington right now is a player that is my wide receiver 15. And I think right now that might be high. Like, I, I don't really know. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of names, like I said. So Washington is is kind of one of my guys, I feel like, in this class. And so I hope Indy can do him some favors. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Washington has the, the skill set to look real good at the combine. He's one of these, like, small, twitchy, athletic players that can do all of these drills really well. Like I, I mentioned, I'm interested in Leggett because, like, I don't know if he can do the agility drills well. I have no doubt in my mind that Malik Washington is going to whip around that three cone. Like, that that's going to be pretty good. So, um, I, I'm definitely seeing Washington as a, a riser type of player and maybe putting himself on the radar for some people. Like, I, I, it's crazy that we're talking about this caliber of wide receiver is like a third round rookie draft pick, like fourth round in like super flex IDP drafts. Like we're talking about these guys getting pushed down the board and uh, he's going to test really well. And that he's going to be lighting up green also with the RAS RAS relative athletic score for the people that are like, why the fuck do these guys keep saying (laughs) RAS RAS? Like, what is this relative athletic score? It's a combine all of your testing scores put it out of 10, 10 out of 10 is the best you can do. Like DK Metcalf was like a 10. So that's that. Yep. That's the, that's the big thing. We're going to see a lot of those little pages shared this week. So look out for that. I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we could sit here the rest of the episode and just talk about more wide receivers. And eventually we will get to more of these guys, but today is not the day Colin, because we are moving on to tight ends. I am up first for winners, and it's Brock Bowers. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard. I mean, I don't really even have to say too much because we know that this is the tight end of the class, and a big reason for that is because he's an ultra-athletic player. I mean, he he should do all of these things at a very high level. 
He should leave nothing to to question athletically. I expect, you know, four fours in the 40 and everything else will follow from there. Yeah. He's a undersized tight end. So he should test well, first of all. Um, and we expect him to test well because he shows that athleticism on tape. And, um, I mean, like you said, there's not a whole lot that we need to talk about here because Bowers is not only the best tight end, but uh, the best athlete out of these tight ends. So that's that. Yeah. Talk about RAS. Yeah. It's a player that embodies that. Uh, all right. Your winner. I think this one doesn't really need a whole lot. It's to Tavion Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty much the consensus, like NFL tight end two. He's a athletic tight end that is basically a 240-pound wide receiver. Once he's And he's really good with the ball in his hands. He can fly. Um, he can run good routes. Like our only concern with him, I think is the blocking. And I think that's about it. Like as a receiver, as a fantasy asset, I think he's a guy. And that's why, you know, Indy is going to be the place for him to shine. I mean, I, I do have questions about his receiving ability. Like, I, I feel like I'm on an Island with this take. Like, I feel like everybody is like, he's a nuanced route runner and he's going to walk in and be a difference making receiving tight end. And I'm like, that's not the player that I saw on tape. I saw a player that was getting used in very, you know, schematic ways. He was not really running routes to win, but what I can tell you about Jatavian Sanders is that he's he will light it up this week. I mean, if he if there is one thing to love about Sanders, it's the athlete. And what can that athlete become? And that's why he's going to be tight end two in the NFL. I wasn't comfortable putting him there when we talked about it based on what I saw. But when it comes down to it, I mean, there really is no other tight end in this class from the NFL perspective that should be taken as the number two tight end. He might be a project, but very rarely do you have guys this large that are this athletic that, that have shown you something as a receiver. Like I'm not saying he hasn't done anything. He's been a very productive tight end in college football for two years. So there's building blocks with him and this week will be very, very important for him. And I think he's going to knock it out of the park. And just want to put it out there. I agree with you. I think that there's a little to be desired with Jatavion Sanders, but I think common sentiment is that he's, you know, a, a really good receiver and that he's the consensus tight end too. Most interested in, you already know it. It's Ben Sinat. Sinat. Ben Sinat. <laughs> Still getting it wrong to this day. It's a tough name, man. <laughs> There's just so many ways you can go with There's, it every time. Yeah. And it's just. Too many N's, too many T's. Yep. Sinat. Um, this was my tight end, too, over Jatavian Sanders when we talked about tight ends last. And I thought he had a good week at the Senior Bowl. Um you know, there was a little bit of buzz about him, but it wasn't anything like, oh, man, the Senate kid, he's he's rising up the boards. But I think he had a really good a, a really good week there. And I wonder what his testing numbers are going to look like, because if he also tests extremely well, 
I don't know how we can keep this guy out of the conversation anymore. Like he's got great film. Here's a player that can run routes as a tight end that we've seen on film this year. He was doing that in mobile, some really good routes on, on, you know, from the practices there. If we can get some good testing numbers behind Senate, I'm all in, man. Yep. I was going to say the same thing about the senior bowl. Like you saw him running real routes one-on-one and winning consistently in those drills. And I understand they're one-on-one drills. So you're just putting a DB in hell, but Senate, it, it shows up in the film too, that he can run those routes and that he can get open, that he can break tackles, that he can play fullback. Like he can do a little bit of everything and he's an athletic player. So I think the only reason he's getting disrespected is because the NFL or this whole thing's a numbers game and he doesn't wear a tight end number. <laughs> so people are like, ah, I don't know this. It's kind of weird. I mean, but, it's you, we bring it up every time, but it is actually it funny matters. because before the year, like when we did summer scouting, I saw a tight end wearing 34 and I said, Nope. Yep. It, it absolutely him. matters. So, I, people can say it doesn't, but you see a guy that's number 34 as a tight end, and it's like, well. That's, that's <laughs> so, not natural. So yeah. I, I think it matters, and I, I agree that he's going to probably look really good, and people are going to be a little bit surprised. 81 looked a lot better on him in Mobile. 81 doesn't look good on a lot of people either, but. He pulled it off. <laughs> All right. Uh, tight end that you're most interested in uh it's dallin holker man we're back i knew you were gonna do it yep i need to have more conversations about him he's my tight end too uh man he's a big guy and he's not i wouldn't say he's like super athletic but i want to see what he's gonna do that's why i have him in the interested spot because like i'm not saying oh i think he's gonna do great i just am interested that's it. Like I, I want to see the numbers he puts up because he played at Colorado State. He played against a bunch of bad teams. He, you know, destroyed the competition when he played against them. Uh, and I want to know if like his athleticism is real relative to all the elite elite athletes from big schools, or if he's like athletic in comparison. So that's why he lands here. And this will actually tell me a lot about this player because, like I said, he's shown that he's good relative to competition, but I need to see, like, if the athletic tools are good in a vacuum. Yeah, my first exposure to Holker was that game against Colorado. And the moment was, like, when he was pulling away from guys and you're kind of like, who is this tight end that's like running away from defenders? And I watched Holker like I was actually really surprised at how not athletic he looked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like because I remembered so vividly that those plays in that game where he was showcasing the speed and this explosiveness. And then I watched him. I think it was against uh, Boise State, maybe or BYU, one of those. And I was just like, man, he's just not moving like I was expecting to see him move after that Colorado game. So this is a really interesting time for him. It's That's the perfect word for it because he's. Uh, this is one of those names that I feel like he kind of has a hive, like there's a Holker hive. And will we see the best and version of him this me? week? 
Yeah, no, it's old. not just no, you. No, I've, seen, I've seen. <laughs> you you got to find your people, man. You got to find the Holker hive because they're right. out there. But you got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll find out this week. That's for sure. This is an IDP program. Sure is. So we are not done with the offensive positions. So ain't. Well, uh, we are done with the offensive positions. We are done with the <laughs> offensive position, but the podcast is not over yet. That's right. <laughs> um, D-line. D-line uh, or edge maybe is a more apt way to say it because they do get lumped in. Some of them are linebackers. Some of them are D-line. For our purposes, all the edge guys fall into the D-line group. That's where they're going to play for us in fantasy. So, with that said, Colin, who is the winner at the D-line position? They tried to fool me by putting him in the linebacker spot. It's Dallas Turner. Boom. Uh, I I was like, did Dallas Turner not get a combine invite? I was like, both Alabama guys. Yeah, I was scrolling up and down the, like, defensive line, and I was like, oh, the linebackers, (laughs) duh. Uh, Yeah, Dallas Turner, I mean, he's going to be a top – 15 pick he's gonna be either the first or second defense player off the board according to you know mocks so far and it's because he's a freakish athlete that is starting to put together a move set so he gets to show off the former part in this where he's gonna go out and wreak havoc on this he's gonna i mean in my opinion, guys that come out of a three-point stance have a little bit of an advantage in this 40-yard dash because, like, a wide receiver never has their hand in the dirt. And it's a completely different stance. I understand it's a track stance. But, like, you you already have a little bit of a, you know, you're in that position sometimes. And Dallas Turner, he can fire out of that three-point stance. And so I think that he's going to have a good 40 time. He has great get off. He's going to, like, the three-cone getting around that. Oh, man, yeah. So he's going to have a good combine. He's going to be a winner. Yeah, we are both higher on Ver- Jared Verse and Leatu Latu based off of the film that we watched. But here is the moment where Dallas Turner can lock up D-line one in the NFL draft. This is that point in time when th- this is why that this is why he's in that conversation right now is because he's not a finished product. Uh, like those other players, they're 24 years old. This player is 21. And he is an ultra athlete, should show up this week. And that leads to what can you become? And we've already seen a pretty damn good player and a player that showed development from 2022 to 2023. Start to think, what can he what can he become over the next few years? It's a scary thought. And that's why he'll probably be the first defensive player drafted. My D-line winner? It's Chop Robinson because Dallas Turner is a freak and he's going to be very highly drafted in the NFL draft. Chop Robinson is a kind of polarizing prospect, I feel like. I mean, you either really believe in his athletic tools or you don't um, because the tape is pretty okay. It's, It's just very okay, but... The one thing about Chop is that he was made for this event. He was made for the NFL Combine. 
Um, numbers here, I mean, we we talked Feldman's freaks in the summertime, and Bruce Feldman put out an article, you know, ahead of the combine here saying, like, let's revisit some of these names. Uh, Chop Robinson is expected to run sub four five at 255 pounds. So right there, that's how you get your name on the radar again. Um, the jumps should be just bonkers. I mean, the get off speed that he shows is truly like maybe best in this entire class. And that's going to show up on the jumps for, for chop. So I expect him to have an, an incredible combine. I mean, I'm still lower on him in terms of like film grade and overall like dynasty grade for a player like this, especially in a class where there are quite a few edge players that I like, but players that are this athletic after the combine tend to see a little bit of a stock up. And I think we could see chop earn himself a late first round pick spot uh, with his performance this week. I agree. Um, the get off and like chasing people down the the bend, it's all indicative of a player that's gonna have a great combine. And at his size, I mean, he he came into Penn State at like two thirty, bulks up to two fifty, and it doesn't feel like he lost any of the athleticism that got him that like five star high school grade. So uh, he's definitely gonna be a guy in this class. He's going to be somebody that rises and they're like, why aren't we talking about chop Robinson more? And I, I agree with you. Like I have some issues with his tape, but there's definitely an athletic profile here that somebody's going to fall in love with. Most interested D line spot. I've got Darius Robinson. Ooh. Out of Mizzou. This is a big edge. So he's 6'5", listed 296 as an edge player. Uh, Play a little inside out at Mizzou. And he's a powerful guy, and he is an athlete. And, I mean, I this is kind of how I feel about Holker. Like, I'm just, I just want to see the numbers. Like, I don't know exactly what to expect. I know he's explosive. I know he's strong. I don't know how fast he is in, like, a 40-yard situation, but I don't necessarily care that much. But a lot of the other stuff, like the bend and the quickness and, like, the explosion, I, I do care about and I do want to see. And he's he's just, a, you know, it's it's just a big guy to be coming off the edge, man. Like, I'm interested to see what he's going to do. Yeah, this is uh, another player here that can keep riding the wave off of the Senior Bowl where he gained so much momentum. I mean, put himself on my radar. Like, I was not familiar with Darius Robinson's game before the Senior Bowl week. And, you know, he's been in talks as a late first-round NFL draft pick. And if that is the case, he's got to be on our radar. For, for fantasy purposes in this position group. So um, big, big week from him at this size could be, you know, that solidifying factor that gets him into the first round and makes him one of our top D-line players. 
for me, oh man, there's a lot of ways here to go. I honestly, I, I want to just go with Leatu Latu because, and there's multiple reasons for this, but I think the number one reason is the medicals. Like this is such an important moment for him to get clearance on this, you know, serious injury that is in his background that kind of has everybody pressing pause and saying, you know, how high can we really be on this player when we don't know how the NFL is going to view his medical history? So I think Latu has an opportunity to come out of the combine with more buzz, more momentum than he already has. Because if it, if it seems like he's getting clearance, if it seems like he's not going to be one of these players that's, you know, flagged on, on NFL teams boards, then there's no reason to believe that he can't be a top 12 sort of a player in this class. I mean, the tape is truly exceptional. I mean, this was your IDP one in this class when we talked about it and the tape still is, it still is. And he was my IDP two. I think I can't remember just like two months ago. Apparently I'm losing my mind, but I think he was my number two number three at the worst. So very, very good player and really interested to see how this week goes for him. The testing is also, you know, one of those things where it's like, he's not as athletic maybe as a player like Dallas Turner or even Jared verse, but what does that mean? Like how, what are we talking here? And I think he's, he can put those numbers up this week or this week and put rest to some of that, you know, narrative building. Yeah, I I would love to see him just light it up at the combine and like you said, just put all the questions to rest. Like I I heard somebody mention he like medically retired and then went to UCLA who has like the best medical colleges in the world and then like became fine. And they're like, yeah. No, you don't need to medically retire. Like who the fuck told you that? Yeah. Like you, you're fine. <laughs> Just like all we need to do is clean this up and you're back out there and now he's good. Um, but it would be interesting if that was actually true and he was like actually just fine and medical's cleared and he dominates the – and then I feel like kind of how Dallas Turner has so much to gain athletically, I feel like Latu has just as much to gain medically. Like if he clears all that and does well in the combine drills, he could very much just end up being edge one because of the tape is so good. He's such like a polished player. If he puts the athleticism behind it and the medicals behind it, you'd be feeling great about him. Exactly. And we're going to just keep these players linked forever. I swear to God. Because when we talked about senior bowl, I feel like we talked about him in the same breath and I'm moving on to my linebacker winner right now. And I'm talking Peyton Wilson, because like we said a couple weeks ago, it, it's a lot of the same with these two players where the medicals are the big question marks. The tape is very good. What are we going to come away with when it comes to medical evaluation? Because Peyton Wilson is a player that has some medical issues in his background as well. It's why he ends up kind of staying in college an extra year this year, ends up cleaning up in terms of defensive awards in college football. And 
one thing is for certain about Peyton Wilson, he's an athlete. So I would expect some very strong numbers from Peyton Wilson this week, potentially even a showing that could lock him in to linebacker one. I have my linebacker one and linebacker two, which is Peyton Wilson, very close. And I I could be swayed. I'm just saying. I could be swayed if we see some crazy stuff this week. So lot riding uh on this week for Peyton Wilson. Yeah, Wilson also I'll be I'll be very interested to see how he measures. Cause, you know, the list is six four two thirty eight. Well we got him at we got him at the at the senior bowl. Oh, and that's he was, right. He was legit. He's that's two, right. He's, he's like two forty. So I forgot that those four. are those are trustworthy numbers. Yeah. Shout out Jim <laughs> Nagy. So, well, I, we won't be holding our breath for that, which is kind of nice. So, yeah, Peyton Wilson. He, I think the common narrative is that like he's super athletic, sideline to sideline, getting downhill, and like we might not be as high on the athleticism as Peyton Wilson. I, I know like we talked about it a little bit and it's like, well, you can see it sometimes, but sometimes you don't. And I'll be interested to see it's flat out in a vacuum. Let's see him go and see if that's who he is. If that narrative is confirmed and we can feel good about Peyton Wilson. And like you said, the medicals are obviously a huge a huge deal with him. Your linebacker winner. It's Edgerin Cooper. Not Boom. a surprise. Yep. Uh, QB spy merchant, potentially. But <laughs> he's an athlete, man. This kid can fly across the field. Like The reason that he played QB spy so much is because he could keep up with every quarterback in college football. Like... There's so many, there's so much RPO in college football, so much read option, so much quarterback running. And Cooper racks up, a, what was it, nine sacks this season just because, like, he's sitting here chasing guys down when they get to get outside of the pocket and he's hawking them down. So uh, he's going to test well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, every single drill off the board, he's he blows out of the water. Yeah, this linebacker class is so strange because I feel like everybody is on the same page that it's a good class, but I feel like everybody just has a different player on top. Yeah. Like, Edgerin Cooper, kind of a common LB1. I believe he was Daniel Jeremiah's LB1 in the top 50 that was released today, but other folks might have you believing Peyton Wilson is LB1 or even some other linebackers, one of which we might talk about shortly, but... Um, I think it's a good problem to have. We have some linebacker talent this year, which is exciting after last year where it was a little bit more of a down year. And Edgerin Cooper is a player that I have a lot of questions about his game based off of his film. But like you said, this should be an environment in which he feels very comfortable and where he should have an impressive showing. So if we get some crazy Edger and Cooper numbers coming out of this week, could be a little bit of that, you know, solidify it could solidify him in, in terms of my in my linebacker rankings. But I'm gonna I'm gonna save the layup most interested in for you 
because there's a player that I really want to talk about that we haven't really gotten to talk about. I don't think I'm going to talk about who you think I'm going to talk about. Okay. Well, I just, yeah, I, I thought okay. it was a layup, but I'm interested to hear who you have. But my name for most interesting linebacker is actually Junior Colson. Because I talked about Junior Colson very briefly on IDP Rankings 2.0 because he was a player that I just started getting into the film on. One thing that really jumps with Colson is his strength and his power as a linebacker. We talk about these smaller linebackers with the sideline to sideline speed. Colson was the sort of player where if you meet him in the hole, you're going backwards. Like the, the play is done at that point. And I had some questions about his athleticism and that's exactly why the combine is a perfect place to clear some stuff up. We're going to get to find out exactly how Colson tests compared to these other linebackers. But this is a player that the more I watch, the more I like. And in terms of IDP and linebacker, you know, the he has a very fantasy friendly game, in my opinion. So he's kind of climbing my rankings a little bit. And I think he could he could lock in a pretty high spot with a good showing this week. This is not a player that I have watched. So I, I won't get on here and wax poetic and try to pretend like I know a lot about this guy's game, but I'll keep my eye on him because you're keeping your eye on him. Uh, my most interesting player is Michael Barrett out of Michigan. Ooh. So he is an athletic player that did a lot of things for this Michigan defense. Um, Played some safety, played some linebacker, um, returned some kicks out of the as an up man. They would squib kick it, and he he returned like three or four kicks that way, and looked pretty good as a runner. So in general, this guy flies to the ball, and he's a little bit of that hybrid. You know, he's six foot two forty, which like isn't that small. But he, he kind of feels like a hybrid player, and I think it's because he's number 23. Like, we're back to this again, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's wearing a DB number. But he he really is like linebacker size and just kind of plays safety sometimes. So just interested to see what he puts together at the Combine as a athletic player. Hell yeah. Two Michigan linebackers right there, almost like they had a great national championship-level <laughs> defense. Who was the um, slam dunk? Was it Cedric Gary? It was Jeremiah Charter Jr. Oh, well. It's it's all fair. about how he looks this week. Yeah. I mean, like, it's that – he he's the guy that I'm like, what is he going to look like this week? And yeah. I don't know if it really matters. I think he just has that gene. I think he just has that, like, you are a good linebacker. I don't really care. Gene. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, <laughs> a Nepo baby in yeah. the genes. Yeah. All right. One final position group to talk about, and it is truly the like black sheep of the family, and, and that's DBs. And so as the black sheep of the family, we will not each be talking about a winner and a interesting player. We are going to split those up, and I believe you are taking the winner based off of our yeah. system here. 
So I, I am taking the winner. Take it away. Yeah. And I don't know if this player is going to be fantasy relevant, which is a ringing endorsement. But uh, <laughs> Cooper DeGene. Oh, hell yeah, man. He's he's going to be a combine winner because there are some preconceived notions about who Cooper DeGene is as a player. And I think he's going to squash all those notions at the combine. And it has to, it does have to do with him being white. I'll say it. He's a white cornerback. People don't think that that's a thing. It's, you know, talk about black sheep. <laughs> he has, he has, he's not even in the league yet, and he's already on, like, the all-decade white. Yes, like the, 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 the white versus whole, black the Will game. Compton yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah he's on the, the – he's a first-round pick yeah. <laughs> on that team. So – He's going to test extremely well, and i that's all there really is to it. Like He's a, a fantastic player. He's going to be a good corner, so th- the problem is they're not going to put him at safety, so he's unlikely to be a fantasy-relevant player, but we've seen corners be fantasy-relevant. You look at guys like Logan Ryan, Devon Witherspoon recently, where – you can beat Carlton Davis had a year where it's like you can be fantasy relevant as a corner. It's just kind of rare. It's not sticky. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought this up though, because it's not a name that we've talked about in this discussion because he is a corner, but I think there is enough versatility where it's a player that needs to be on the radar in terms of DBs in fantasy, because we don't know where he's going to get drafted and what role they're going to use him in. Like we could see DeGene playing safety for a team that drafts him. We could see him splitting between corner and safety. Like he's a chess piece on defense. That's and so I think back to a player last year like Brian Branch, who's playing kind of all over in the secondary. And what is he? He's a playmaker. DeGene, I see a similar way and and Brian Branch had an excellent rookie season and one in which he was fantasy relevant playing mostly nickel corner so um definitely worth talking about DeGene in terms of fantasy and so uh excited to see him the player that i'm most interested to see this week is a player that we didn't get to see uh in mobile and i was very interested to see him there which is Jaden hicks the safety from washington state uh, I believe he pulled out because of an injury at that point in time, and he is cleared for the combine. So he should be participating in all of the drills. Um, player here, 6'2", 215, mentioned on our uh, – I talked about him at some point, probably Senior Bowl preview. Um one of the better box safety types in this class, a player that can get downhill quickly, that's played a ton of box safety in college. So he's kind of a natural fit there where a lot of other, you know, of these top safeties that you're hearing about with the NFL draft, a lot of these guys are deep safeties. They're going to be playing coverage roles. Hicks is a guy who will be playing downhill at the NFL level. And he is the level of an athlete in which, this event, the combine, could push him up draft boards, and there's some rumblings that he might even be in that sort of high second range in the NFL draft. Which, if that is the case, he's very fantasy relevant for me. He's on my radar for sure. So, 
Uh, really excited to see Hicks in action this week and see what we have with this player. And Hicks can cover a little bit. You know, box safety is not known for it's, you know being very good in coverage, and I'm not saying he's elite, but he was in that Washington game. He was getting around, and he he was making Penix's life pretty hard. There's a few times where he kind of went after him, and he made him pay. So that's going to keep you on the field, and then you can stick your nose in and rack up a couple tackles while you're in there. All right, there it is, man. The 2024 NFL Combine starts this week. Players already in Indianapolis as I'm speaking, I believe, and we will start to get more and more information as this week goes on. We have interviews and all of these things happening outside of just the drills on the field, which we will all be watching on TV and, you know, Saturday, man, <laughs> I'll be there. Lucas Oil Stadium. So uh, very excited. But this was a, a a very good glimpse into how expansive the list is of players this year that are dynasty fantasy relevant that we're keeping our eyes on in terms of how they do. So it, it should be a very exciting week. Very much looking forward to where we go after this, which is just straight up path to the NFL draft. We it's almost March and that means it's basically April. And <laughs> you know what that works. means. <laughs> that the draft is right around the corner. And that's what the, the NFL combine signals. So can't wait. Super excited. Um, these these RAS scores are going to fuel me. Might just join one more startup. God, here we go. It's it's in the veins now. <laughs> you can't you can't shake the feeling anymore. It's it's happening. But um, if you enjoyed our preview of the 2024 NFL Combine through a dynasty lens, be sure to find us on X, formerly known as Twitter. See, I said I was not going to call it X anymore, but I, I just did it. Because now it's, okay. it's a habit. But I mean, saying formally known as Twitter, I feel like, is fine. It's enough respect on the name. We, yeah. yeah. It, it'll go back once Elon comes to his senses and realizes he's just like hemorrhaging money on this right. spite yeah. project. We have to hope. But I, you can find us there at camp underscore dynasty and also TikTok at camp.dynasty. Also various other channels, uh, Instagram, threads. threads. Yeah. We're, we're all over, so find us wherever you choose to consume your social media content. And also, subscribers. hey, that's what I was going to say. We'll check us out on YouTube, Camp Dynasty over there. We just hit 100 subscribers. Shout you know, every Frankie. million starts with 100, just that's saying. That's right. So, Shout out to, um, to Frankie Bright, uh, our 100th subscriber. Hell yeah. Appreciate you. I I wish I could say that we're sending you some sort of gift, but we'll, we'll save that for 500 maybe. Yeah. Let, let's get there first, and we'll talk about it. But um, check us out on YouTube. Uh, comments, you know, great way to get in touch with us. We read the comments. We, we take suggestions. We love hearing opinions. That's why we have a Superflex Rankings episode coming up in a few weeks. So uh, hit us up there if you want to get in touch. And also... Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, follow, and share the pod feed if you so choose because we very much appreciate that. Hell yeah. Happy draft season, folks. Let's do it, man. Combine week. 
hell of a time greatest time of the year and i can't wait i can't wait so thanks for stopping by camp dynasty this week and we'll see you next week